This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. to the sky, this theater? <laughs> Fucking, you don't need that many balconies. <laughs> well, that's why they have binoculars. Did you guys, we're not wearing these because we're, these are a thing now. They have binoculars that you can buy in the lobby. That's how far away people are. Yeah. Binocular far. Do you understand how this theater works? I'm already learning things about myself in this tour. Like, I don't know how to use a pair of binoculars. <laughs> Just a twisty twist and tell you. Twisty twist. Here's. Like so? I mean. Like that? No. What I love about these is I can see exit signs so fucking clearly. (laughs) Just what I'm here for. (laughs) You're at the opera just staring at exit signs. Yes. I'm going to escape that way and that way. Uh oh. The problem with the first night of the tour is that you realize you should have done so many things in the past month and week and day to prepare. And then you're like, well, they won't see it, that my nails are disgusting or whatever. And then they have binoculars and they can see everything. How about that? Can you see that? (laughs) How about that? Let me see. No, these are broken. Closer or further away? I can't see a fucking thing. (laughs) Should I walk over here and flip you off? (laughs) truly the list is long it'd be kind of cool if we could start a trend of people wearing binoculars as necklaces yeah pretend we all like it yeah yeah when it's actually quite heavy and bad on your (laughs) spine and your eyes you don't need to see anything that closely (laughs) if god intended for you to see something that closely you would have invented binoculars that's right And I'm so glad you mentioned God, Georgia, because tonight... It's all about... The Lord! That's why we're here. Raise him up all the way to the one, two, three, fourth balcony. Yeah. Yes. God bless you. Uh, Oh, I'm not wearing black. I know. Talk like Walk it across. Give it a real... Look at her. This is the first fucking time I truly, like, like the walk. It's like a weird black dress. I'm never going to wear it again. I hate black. It's really uncomfortable there. But this is, like, fucking vintage and shit. 
Like I like was like, that dress is so me. I'm going to buy it and have it forever. And you had the power of the time. That's what's magical about it. (laughs) To wear wherever the fuck you want. (laughs) I've literally worn pajamas to live shows. And George is like, look, I think we should talk about it because I think I want to wear color. I'm like, dude, can I lay down during the show? That's what I would prefer. We, we have different standards. Well, I'm a professional professional. Oh. So I... Shit. I also have a, um, a hot tip. It's a fashion tip. Hashtag it. If your dress doesn't fit you anymore, you, um, you can make it fit by slightly ripping it where the zipper is. Yes. Okay. And giving yourself more room. I love it. And then just cover it up with a belt. And f- no one will fucking notice. And if they do, tell them to take their binoculars off. Oh, <laughs> Go fuck your binoculars. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And this fashion tip is straight out of Vogue. Hashtag you're straight out of Vogue. Hashtag what's up, Anna Wintour. Yeah. We're doing it different this year. Yeah. <laughs> Look and listen to the fashion <laughs> t- experts. Police. <laughs> the fashion expert police. That's our new show. Mm. What about you? Oh, yeah. It's this old thing. <laughs> Look. Nice lighting guy. Nice. He picked that right up. What if I go over here really fast? <laughs> lighting guy. There he yeah. is. Oh. This is a high quality theater when the lighting guy follows you with the grid. Should we tell about, I won't name names, but at one of the shows last season? No. <laughs> nope. Semester? Uh, no. Last month. Yes. It was last month. We were, somehow the lighting person got the cue that as soon as we said goodnight to turn all the fucking lights off in the entire theater, <laughs> including on stage. So we go to wave and then it's we're in darkness and it's weird. And it, and it stayed darkness where we were like, <laughs> we're like, bye. And then we we're just kind of like, bye, bye. I guess you guys. And then tell those guys we said bye yeah, yeah, yeah. with our hands. Right. And then hopefully we don't trip on the way out of stage. <laughs> then we left like fucking Charlie Brown. Like, no, oh, I guess they didn't like it. That's sad. You know, it's funny. We do. So San Diego, you're, you're, you're kicking off the 2019 spring tour. Congratulations. very exciting yeah one part of that though is aside from like since this is my 2018 winter tour dress <laughs> as her standing in the dressing room door goes George was talking about her dress and then I was like I should have gotten mine dry clean that's one of those things things you so list. much time yeah that's all, on that list all the time in the world be clean mm-hmm. um, basics <laughs> the basics but because it's the first show, we don't have as many, like, we don't have these road dog anecdotes that we usually do. And oh my God. We usually, guys. <laughs> right? I about mean, old strippers and stuff. Old. But um, <laughs> here's what did happen. And this made me laugh because you were like, what do we talk about when we get out there? And I was just like, hmm, I know what I'm going to talk about. Uh oh. Because on the way down, uh, we stopped at In and Out. You gotta. It's what a hamburger's all about, so you have to do it. And uh, George and I, before oh, no. we left... Oh, no. <laughs> you want to tell this? No, I forgot already about it. No. Yes. We're going to tell it in front of a lot of people. This is... Yeah. There's a ton of fucking people out there. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Um, okay, go ahead. 
So as you may know, Georgia likes to do fun physical surprises to me. So like, and we've talked about it before, like when we were in New York, not I was in, like... Not in front of a bunch of people. It's like on the podcast where I'm like, I love to fart, but it's like we're in the, my living room. Right. But you know, you're not, what I'm saying is you're not shy. That's you're not, true. that's not a natural set point for you. I think you're very bold. Uh-huh, thank you. And you're body positive and <laughs> you're fun, you're fun. Thank you. And um, you're, you want to have fun. So thank oftentimes you. I'll go up and be like, hey, you have my blow dryer. And then I knock on her hotel room door and she opens it completely naked. <laughs> that's happened several times. It's funny. You should try it. Naked it's, is hilarious. It's hilarious. And she has her eyes wide and her mouth open. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> Surprise naked. It's really like sometime. it's like a shock scare, like a like a haunted house. That's but what you're going for with your at body. A hotel is a shock scare. Shock. No, no. <laughs> so, Whoa. so, so that one of those fun things is just they'll just be private but very presentational farting every once in a while. It's like a it's like a punctuation mark at the end of a joke that's not funny. If you tell a stupid joke and it doesn't land, fart at the end of fart. it. It's fucking hilarious. Like and you do a little like it's like a it's you know. hilarious. I laugh every single fucking time. Nothing's funnier. <laughs> Real-time farting is better than anything that's ever been written in McSweeney's or in The Onion. It's just the best. It's risky. It's vulnerable. It's loud. It smells. So, so all the things you want in a joke. Called, it's called the Magic Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, we go into the bathroom at in and out uh, There's people in there when, when we go in. I go into the stall. Georgia's messing around at the sink the way she likes to do. I'm like a cat I'm playing sc- in the water. <laughs> exactly. You know how I like to... Do, 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 do. I have to hit her to get her down off the sink. <laughs> so I'm in the, st- the stall. And it's this kind of stall that looks like it's one big stall. Not what it was, which is two stalls. Two stalls. With two different people in them. Two different people. One, one of, of them, them was not me. Is a stranger. Stranger. I did not know that. <laughs> so I just hear this from inside the stall. I just hear, I think you went something like, you yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, it was something like, hey. <laughs> like that. And then. Yeah, that sounds and, right. <laughs> and then, I had already heard the lady shuffling around yeah. in the other stall. Had, I knew there was someone there. Hadn't heard her. <laughs> so, I'm immediately crying on the toilet. <laughs> and then I hear her, then her toilet flushes, and then I hear Georgia go, is there someone else in here? <laughs> and then I just hear the door open and shut. She was fucking gone. I left. I, and then Karen walks out. I say, is there someone else in there right as Karen's uh, bathroom door opens? And she's just nodding at me with like this gleeful face. <laughs> it was so terrible. But what I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't cover my own six because Georgia ran out before the lady came out of the stall. So I'm there washing my hands and laughing at her. Yes. The lady comes out. I'm in the farting position. I was, now I did it. I did it. That was not my intention. <laughs> I did it. It looked like I did it and was laughing at myself and washing my hands. One rule of fart jokes is you always take responsibility for your own <laughs> fart jokes. That's right. I would never pin that on someone else. <laughs> You know, you come back in the bathroom. Hey, lady, that was me. Look, <laughs> look. I want to talk about listen today. Look at this, and then I'll do it again to yep. prove it. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this and that. Oh, don't we have some really terrible photos to po- to show? I think we do. Oh, by the way, this is a podcast. My favorite oh, murder. Right. 
Thank you. That's Karen Kilgariff. And that's Georgia Hardstart. We're very excited yes. to be here with you. We're very happy to see you. Thank you, you so much. That's Thank it. you. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we left. We left in and out. Vince is driving. I'm navigating. That's a mistake. <laughs> we and it turns out the city of like I don't know what it is like. Oh my God! It's I, it's like in the middle of it all. Where it is Carson? Carson? It's, no, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. It's probably Carson. There's just a lot of construction right now, and so we get lost immediately. Yeah. Almost start going the wrong way. On a one-way street. Yeah, they're they're actually building an overpass right. to connect to one of the one hundred thousand freeways down here. So we kind of go under not a finished overpass, but like the wooden wobbly eighteen hundred structure of an overpass of future of the tense. Twenty twenty five. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's like let's get away from this area. Yeah, we took some photos for you guys. So, but wait. So okay. We, Go around, and truly, I don't think it was on the map. Waze was like, fuck you, I'm out of here. You're going to hang out down there? Then we're, we can't help you. <laughs> I told you where to go. <laughs> so Waze we, is really mean. Here's where we end up. Um, this yeah. is... Now, if you can tell... Oh, wait, I think you should go forward one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you see how... Oh, yeah. It's an overpass exit to fucking nowhere. <laughs> As you said, it's fucking straight Sandra Bullock. Yes. Overpass. This is where they shot that scene in Speed, <laughs> where she impossibly jumps a bus. Amazing. Amazing. And so that, if, can you go back? So basically, this was on our left, and this was in front of us, and we're like, well, I guess we have to go up here. Like, it just looked like now you, you took a wrong turn, now you have to go kill yourself in your own car. <laughs> Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. All right. That was something. Oh, wait. And then, okay. Here we go. There it is. Um, 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 Steven's not here. I know. I'm actually surprised. Usually when it's close, he wants to come. Yeah. I, um, but listen, there's cats and there's Steven and he doesn't tend to not he, be with one at all times. He might be going through a rebellious stage. <gasps> Teenage Steven. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your show. I know. I'm the percast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, got his own life now. This table has nice leggings on. Yeah. Isn't it? This table looks like me after the show, actually. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly my outfit. That's you. Look. You know how you like to put your clothes over your toes. Let's, yeah. You want to sit down? Yeah, should we? Let's do it. Ooh, I like these. Yes. These are great. Should we take these for my new house? Take these home tonight? Yes, this is a... I can deal with a chair like this. Uh Uh-oh. Ooh. We're a little... Hello. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I feel so fucking petite. (laughs) Love it. You're so tiny. You're just a little girl in a huge chair. (laughs) Uh, It is a little weird. Um, What happened? It's just... Okay. What? Hi. <laughs> Just don't talk about it? No. Did your dress split open? No. Uh, oh. Not any more than it already did. Oh, okay. It might. Right. I brought a backup dress just in case, and it's black, so I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, it's like a threat to myself that if I fuck this dress up, I have to just put on an old dress. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Just add that pressure like Tanya Harding's mom. Oh. Const, just constantly... 
be your own Tanya Harding's mom to yourself. That's how you get to the Olympics. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying for. Yeah. Was the Olympics. Yeah. The podcasting Olympics. That's right. Oh my God, they're in three years. They're going to be in Seoul. <laughs> Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Um, I'm first? No, it's me. Oh, right. Yeah. Are these open? Steven! <laughs> we make him come to the theater, open our waters, and then go and back And then home. drive home. Yeah. Mm. And we don't give him gas money. Uh-oh. Did you just <laughs> spill all over yourself? Shut up. I don't care. <laughs> you don't know me. Oh, my God. It's drunk Karen. Skip it. <laughs> don't, don't be a bitch, and you can party with me. <laughs> Now it's turning into a weird exhale thing that it's not, that's not drunk Karen, that's a sexy lady. <laughs> drunk Karen was not sexy. I, just, I guarantee you that. 
Um, okay, I'm, st- I'm starting off tonight, and here's what's funny. The, when this event happened uh, in real time, I remember watching it on TV, but I've never thought about doing it for any of our live shows down here because uh, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds of The Dollop did it on their sixth episode long, long ago, and it was so fucking hilarious that I was like, well, you just kind of can't do that yeah. ever again. Yeah. But then I was like, fuck them. So I'm doing... <laughs> San Diego's 1995 tank rampage. What? Do you remember this? Were you, how old were you? Uh, 15? 95. Yeah, I was 15 and fucking living my sad life in Orange County. What were you doing? What were you doing when you were 15? 15, I think, was the prime rave years. Don't spit that out. <laughs> rave. They were raves. Did you wear Junko jeans? No, but I wore vinyl pants. Right. Vinyl pants. Okay. Or sometimes I'd, wear, I'd get dressed up and wear like a cheerleader's, like, you know, like a cheerleader on ecstasy outfit, like a, <laughs> like a club kid, but, cheer, but like making fun of cheerleaders. But was it? Did I really? And then, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Like you're pretending that you hate cheerleaders, yeah, like, but clearly look, you would love to be a cheerleader. Right. Making fun of the thing you can't have just so you don't feel bad about not, you know, you get it. It's called life. <laughs> Welcome to it. None of us belong. Okay, 95 tanks. There we go. Tanks for, don't, tanks don't for, do it. Ah! Uh, 95, I was 25, thanks. And uh, I was on so much speed. Um, <laughs> That I would just, I would wake up like entirely awake at like 5 a.m. and stare out the window and not blink for seven hours. It was rough. Um, So if you're around or conscious or having a time in 95, you will have seen this on the news. It, uh, It was a guy that drove a tank for 23 minutes around San Diego and it was fucking nuts. Now... That in and of itself is plenty of story. There's plenty of story with just that. Mm -hmm. And my assumption is that's very sad. Clearly somebody had mental illness. Clearly there was issue behind it. You know, whatever. Then you dig into the actual story. And uh, it's so, so much more. So let's talk about it. Um, And we're talking about a man named Sean Nelson. He is the guy that ended up commandeering a tank um, from the, from the National Guard Armory, Fuck. which was not locked. That should be locked. It should. I feel like the National Guard should have the best security. You would think, just name alone, you yeah, would yeah, think yeah. that that would be a thing they were into. Yeah. Even if it was just for the show of it, like, I yeah. love to wear this outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they'd be like, so, sorry, I'm guarding this. What's your business here? <laughs> no. In 95, that wasn't the case. Listen, we're not uh, we're not shaming the what do they call them? The National Guard. The National Guard. <laughs> we're not national armed forces. Yeah, no, sh- never. Uh, not at all. <laughs> what we're talking about really is um, at the end of the day, meth. That's what we're going to be talking about a lot tonight. Oh, so smoke them if you got them. Um, <laughs> So quick background, um, Sean Nelson, he was born in Birdseye, Utah on August 21st, 1959. His father was in the military. He grows up uh, in the Claremont neighborhood of San Diego, which is 
Yeah. Claremont is kind of where all this happens. It's also where, where, where the armory is. Where the super loosey-goosey, chill armory is. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys know. Yeah. Um, he joins the army. He's in it for two years in the tank division. What? Wow. That's called foreshadowing. He loves tanks. He loves tanks. I'm sure they make you feel great. You're all protected and you can kind of drive around real slow. <laughs> Um, so, but after two years, he leaves the army and, um, he goes down to Panama. He works on a fishing boat. Eventually he comes back home and he starts a plumbing business and he does great. Um, so that's all good. Uh, the problem was, um, around the the late eighties, the wall came down and the cold war ended. And so, um, because a lot of the military action slowed down, um, then the economy in this area slowed down because it's there's a it's a very mm. military based economy around here. Mm-hmm. So there was a downturn uh, economically here. That plumbing business dried up. You're saying <laughs> people stopped shitting entirely. <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped flushing. You know, <laughs> they were they let it mellow right. all over town. And um, no. No, what actually happened was, and this is interesting, this is from the dollop, uh, this is Dave's research, but basically um, methamphetamine was something that the uh, that military uh, have used for years and years. Oh. That's what they gave kamikaze pilots. Right, but those, um, yes. Also, Hitler loved it. Oh, sure. He was, a, he was super stoked about any kind of amphetamine. Yeah. Um, so Kids. apparently, and, and according to Dave Anthony, um, meth came into the United States through San Diego. So you guys, that, that's, that's where. Yes, come on. Clap it up. <laughs> I thought you guys were better than that. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, so when things slow down, um, people start using the cheapest drugs made of Ajax that they can find. <laughs> I can guarantee you that that fucking uh, meth made its way to Irvine. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. That's right. It, it made its way anywhere where the children were bored right. and uh, had big speakers to dance in front of, <laughs> as, you, as you have told me. Okay, so um, Sean Nelson has a terrible run of luck. It's very sad. His, um, he's, he starts using meth. His wife of six years files for divorce. Mm. Then he loses both of his parents to cancer in mm. 1992. Uh, then he gets into a motorcycle accident. And um, he, the theory is that he was on drugs because when he got to the emergency room, he got into physical altercation with the security guards there and was fighting them even though they were trying to treat him because he was super fucked up from a bad motorcycle accident. Um, he ends up, uh, 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 suing the hospital for $1.6 million. Um, and this, the lawsuit is dropped or, you know, the, the judge says goodbye. Uh, then the hospital counter sues him <gasps> for the six grand he owes them for the medical treatment that he says Oy. he didn't want. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's, there's, um, there's some issues that maybe meth isn't helping. <laughs> Great. And I will say in a non-judgmental, uh, former speed addict way, <laughs> I, I'm just seeing some patterns that I recognize in myself. <laughs> um, now, 
he moves into this little house, and unfortunately, and usually the way it goes with meth, and the people that I know that have been addicted to meth, it turns out, oh my God, his neighbor is kind of like a meth dealer. She lives right next door. She's, she's more of like, I, wouldn't, I don't know if she was a full-fledged dealer, but she was like a holder of meth and a gatherer of meth-minded people. This is a fucking storyline on Breaking Bad when Jesse Pinkman moves next door to... Yeah, that's right. And everyone comes and parties at his house? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, there's so many... Please listen to episode six of The Dollop. There's so many fucking crazy stories. But essentially, he's just doing meth, doesn't have a lot of work to do. Everyone around him is doing meth. So they're doing stuff like grown men are um, wrestling each other in the backyard. like. Like uh, you know, Fight Hulk Hogan style, oh, you know, suplex or whatever style <laughs> wrestling. Uh huh. And uh, when him and his friend uh, do this one time, his friend throws him on the ground and breaks his back. You guys don't do it. Yeah, don't do that. That's awful. Don't do meth wrestling. No. So, um, so. He has a broken back. He's, you know, he's, you know, lo- lo- very lawsuit attracted, I guess we could say. Um, just lo- lots and lots of issues, and the issues are building. And then, as we know, if you do a lot of drugs, you start to lose your sense of true reality, and mm-hmm. you start to live in a reality that the drugs are dictating. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens to Sean, because Sean one day uh, becomes convinced that he has found a nugget of gold in his own backyard. What? Yes. Um, so he begins to mine for gold what? in his backyard. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. There's a photo? So there's... That's oh. Sean Nelson. He looks so um, normal. Yeah. And in then. his better days, clearly, like, looks very healthy, looks, yeah. looks happy. Um, here's his... Uh, he ends up div- digging a 17-foot hole... In his backyard. Holy, holy shit. <laughs> holy. This is what meth can do for you. I mean, I couldn't do that, and I'm not on meth, you <laughs> Focus. know? Focus. Determination. Yeah. You know what I noticed, though? He's wearing his wedding ring still. I don't know why I noticed that. That uh, That's Kevin Nelson. Great. So- I see that by, that by the name next to his face. <laughs> now, I now see that. Look. We didn't Listen. see these pictures beforehand. No, Steven puts all kinds of surprises on here. Yeah, yeah that's not Sean. Got it, because um, it says Kevin. Yeah, okay. I, think it's, I think it might be a, a brother or relative named Great. Kevin. He's but in on it. Okay. Here's the thing. He's, Sean is together enough still that he is convincing uh, the people around him that this is a possibility. And how exciting if it was. 100%. It's your yard. Yeah. And there's a gold mine cool. right fucking there. In San Diego. Nobody knew. <laughs> so that's what I picture myself doing is like, you find that nugget and you hold it up to the sun. Yeah. And then all your problems are solved. Mm. No, it turns out <laughs> the details of this are crazy, but the actual, you know, clearly this mine shaft that he built is professional. He's, he yeah. knows how to shit. work some tools and handle some shit. Um, and he starts getting the 
the uh, meth fans that are around um, to come on over. And then the idea is you work on the mine with me and then you can get a cut of the gold when we finally strike it rich. Right. And in the meantime, you can help me out by giving me meth. Yeah. Too, and then... Don't be afraid. That was actually part of it is if you want to come over, if you want to work on the mine, you have to bring meth. Shut up. So it was like a gold mining meth party in this backyard <laughs> all the time. Wow. All I want is to watch like a four-hour series interviewing the neighbors while uh. this was going down. Because it's one thing when someone has like a, like a tiki-themed party in their backyard <laughs> one night where you're like, all right. Yeah. But this was a... He was, he was, using, he was using his own jacuzzi as a sluice. So he was like running dirt through the jacuzzi to keep then and then panning up to see what? if the gold came through yes a perfectly good jacuzzi yes Holy, that hurts oh, you especially it doesn't does. it i fucking love a jacuzzi you guys yeah. Yeah. i'm not kidding and see this is what drugs do yeah you no longer see the value of your jacuzzi you just <laughs> want that gold you could buy a hundred jacuzzis when you find the gold <laughs> The future promises of a hundred jacuzzis lined up, and you can just go from one to the other all night. Yeah. But we gotta get that gold. Yeah. Smoke, snort. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, the neighbors, of course, file noise complaints with the police. Oh, um, God. Sean files a complaint against the police for harassment uh-uh. because no one's letting him do his, have his dream. Um, so. In February of 1995, so this, this goes on for, like, this is, you know, his, his drug use is ramping up and the uh, psychosis around it is ramping up, obviously. In February of 95, he files a, tries to file a claim with the city of San Diego um, that he can mine bedrock in his own backyard. He goes to City Hall and he's like, I want to file this claim for my backyard, for the gold in my backyard. And they're like, it's your fucking backyard, dude. You can do whatever you really? want. Really? Okay. Yeah, you don't need a claim. You, you could dig your entire backyard up and throw it away, and that's yours to do. Okay. And that, how that's you, what like, he did. At what point do you get to the part that belongs to San Diego now? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you buy your house to the core of the earth? That is the best fucking question I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you own the fucking magma layer beneath Under your house? Your is house. that is that your shit? Yeah, I and mean, that, what do you mean? Yes, I was yes, curious. Like, I wonder. Core of the right how down. How far down do you own when you buy a house? Right Because I'm about to dig up my fucking new backyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dig it up yeah. and get that those precious metals for yourself. That, um, that magma. Get that magma. Yeah, I think it's like if you, I think you stop owning it when you pop up in Sydney, Australia. And they're like, <laughs> no, mate, that's not yours. That's my gold. Now, here's another thing that gets crazy. Um, they do find a little bit of gold. No. Yes. Wait, that part's real? Well, I didn't say it was real. I just said that they found gold. Okay. What was happening was Sean was buying no. gold from neighborhood teens what? and melting it down and burying it in the mine for people to discover. I have so many questions. The number one is like the idea of these 
fucking teens dealing drugs, yes. but they're dealing gold. That's insane. Well, they were visionaries. It was 1995. Cash for gold had not been invented yet. But they were like, I'm fine. This is a niche that needs to be filled. Yeah. It was was Hammer. You know, Hammer does all those cash for gold commercials. Oh, yeah. Well, as a teen. (laughs) um, No, so basically, basically, they'd be like, here's that gold you wanted. He'd be like, thanks, I'm going to go smelt for a while. Mm -hmm. He would hide it. Then he'd be like, I think I hid something over here, Dan. And then another meth head would come over and be like, what the? It's real. Holy shit. And then they'd be like, okay, here's my meth packet. Let's celebrate. Yeah. And it it was basically this kind of self-perpetuating gold mine situation that was fake. Um, But it seemed like Sean believed in it because he wanted to own the claim. He basically wanted to make sure the city wasn't going to take his gold. The city was like, we don't give those. He got super mad and stayed mad about it for a long time Mm -hmm. uh, because of the meth. Um, So then there was a... uh, The downward spiral comes in April. Um, He's been mining for the meth gold for nine months. This is the downward spiral? I feel like it already happened. We, we just peaked. Now oh. it's going to go like this. Okay. Yeah. Shit. That was the fun, like, screaming part of the, the roller coaster. <laughs> now we're about to entirely go off the rails. So um, he hasn't paid his mortgage in nine months, mm. of course. Um, yeah. Someone stole his plumbing tools somewhere along the line, so he can't even go back to his regular job. And he's kind of beyond that anyway. And uh, his water and his power get turned off which is tough on a mine. You need that yeah, water. That jacuzzi. It's tough for the jacuzzi. Yeah. You gotta get a big crank on the side of it. <laughs> Just picture it in your mind. Give it a moment. Um, and his only friend left is this guy Chuck, who's also on a ton of meth. And on that episode of The Dollop, they play audio tape of Chuck explaining stuff. And uh, unless you would get PTSD from it, like I did. Uh-oh. Um, you should listen to it because it's just a person on drugs. Like, it's just the best anti-drug PSA in the world. <laughs> just kind of a guy could just talk like this. Right? And it's like, none of that made sense. Oh, no. Um, okay. <laughs> Sean, one night, goes down into the mine and sees God. And... Gosh, did, did he buy it from teens and put it down there? <laughs> Everyone else has, they're pulling their mom's necklaces out of the bag, and then one teen's like, hey, check this shit out. It's the Lord. (laughs) 40 bucks. 40 bucks for the Lord. (laughs) He sees God. He sees a pyramid. Nope. Uh, And there's a dragon inside the pyramid, as as you know there always is. Oh, my God. And then he gets the message, him and Chuck are supposed to fight this dragon. Wrestling style in the backyard. <laughs> snap it, snap its back. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Okay. Uh, in April of 95, his live-in girlfriend dies of a drug overdose. Oh no. So, yeah, we're going off the rails. Okay. Um, he files a $2 million damage claim against the city, uh, one for police negligence and one for false arrest. Uh, in May of 95, the house gets foreclosed on. So basically, kind of um, all the plans and schemes and everything have just have crashed and burned horribly. Um, so 
page three. On the afternoon of May 18th, 1995, Sean Nelson gets into his van and he drives to the National Guard Armory in Claremont neighborhood of San Diego. He's shirtless and he's got a plan. Oh. You can't, you have, you have to have both. It yeah. can't be one or the other. That's right. If you've got a plan, take off that shirt. <laughs> Let everyone know. If you're wearing a shirt, but you've got a plan, strip. Um, he told his friend he was going to drive a tank to City Hall. He was going to pull the tank up on the steps of City Hall and then demand to be on TV so he could make a statement. Okay. I, I, I'm following so far. Right. What's That's the problem? It's a pretty simple plan. Yeah. Why you can't just walk to the steps <laughs> and stand there maybe in a suit. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know the plan. <laughs> <That's something. laughs> Your shirt is still on. I'm so just reporting. Clearly yeah. you don't. Clearly I'm not in on the plan. Right. Because I've got my top on. Um, so either just by chance or because it's what the Lord wanted, when he went to the National Armory vehicle yard, it was not locked. So he drove to the armory, drove on, then went up to the vehicle yard chain link fence, opened it, drove on up to a tank, and began getting up onto the tanks and trying the hatches to get in. And he, uh, he had a crowbar, so he was crowbarring his way in. And once he got, he got into all three tanks what? that it he should got on not top be of. that easy to get into. <laughs> well, he was a tank man. He okay. knew exactly where to crowbar it. <laughs> Um, but the first one, here's a very interesting fact that I learned reason, kind of half researching this is, um, the M60A3 patent tank, it, it starts, thank you. It's called cut and paste. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like a child. Um, those types of tanks, they start with a push button. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah, like a fancy, like a BMW. Like a Prius or something. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's like, I was like, what, how do you, do you need a key for a tank? Because right. I was already there. I mean, now I believe you should have to. Truly. There should be individual keys for every tank mm -hmm. that only like two guys have. Yeah. Um, but apparently, once you get in, if you know what button to push and like how to go like this or whatever, I'm doing this based <laughs> on video games I've seen. <laughs> You can do it. So basically, he gets to his third tank, and that's when the one guardsman who is there finally sees him and is like, oh, what the fuck? And he realizes the guy's in the tank, and the tank has started, and it's starting to move. So instead of trying to run to the tank or do the dipshit things you see people do in movies where you're like, don't run up to a tank. It's not going <laughs> to... Don't shoot at a tank. He immediately just calls the police yeah. and is like, there's a guy that's He's trying like, to steal a tank. Look, I was going to the bathroom. I might have... Been in there a little too long. I guess the gate was not locked. However, I was just trying to be a little different today than I normally am. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, it's hard to let your guard down. Yeah. So I unlocked the gate <laughs> and worked on my vulnerability. <laughs> someone took advantage of me. Yeah. So I'm never going to do it again. Basically, this guardsman's on the phone with the cops, and he's like, yeah, so uh, I got a guy. He's taken one of my tanks. I only have three. Uh, he can't... Oh, there he goes. He's driving over the chain link fence. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is your problem now. <laughs> San Diego Police Department and Sheriff's Office. Goodbye. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, now uh, Sean Nelson is 
Uh, oh, luckily, the onboard cannon, aircraft gun, and machine gun were not loaded. Phew! Yes. Yay. Thank God. So, no weapons involved, except, of course, for the tank. A tank. Okay. Right. Which could also be used as a weapon. As a kind of anything, anyway. It's yeah. It like, can be used as, like, a short Godzilla. <laughs> um, it's how I, it's what I like to call tanks. <laughs> from my time in the Navy. Um... <laughs> So he starts driving a 57-ton tank through the Claremont neighborhood of San Diego. I keep calling it that for people who don't know San Diego well enough. And it is destroying everything in its path, obviously. Road signs, traffic lights, utility poles, fire hydrants, tons of parked vehicles, including an RV. All right, let's take what a little look. F- and because he called the cop, the, the guardsman called the cops immediately, then the press knew oh. immediately. So there was fucking Newscopter 7 was in the air uh, toot sweet, and the entire 23-minute drive mm-hmm. was it was broadcast the Into entire time. Karen Kilgariff's 25-year-old eyeballs. Where I was just like in the living room smoking like, I have to stop taking speed. <laughs> I'm seeing my own future. <laughs> oh, oh, that's blurry. Let's try Steven. another one. Oh, <laughs> they're they're all going to be a little blurry. Yes. yes, I've totally seen that. That's a fucking streetlight. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Question: What was he listening to on his disc man? Oh, had to be Slipknot. Had oh. to be Slipknot. <laughs> oh yeah, they didn't. Even, they weren't even invented yet, and he was just like. <laughs> Play. Yep. I don't know if they were. Hit an old, like a boombox yeah. right there. Right. Oh my. Even flow. <laughs> Something like that. Definitely. He was chill. He was. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> what do you listen to on meth? Oh, I'll, everything at once. <laughs> you just press play. A cacophony. I love it. <laughs> you scream over the music as it's playing. I love this song. <laughs> just listen. Um. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Look at her. She's like, well, I have to take a picture for the insurance, man. (laughs) Uh, No. Oh. Martin, I don't care that it's dangerous. They're going to need a picture. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's glorious. You know that that car was, like, immaculate on the inside. It had a box of Kleenex up in the back. Yes. It was... She armor-rolled those seats every day and then, fuck, just flatten. She had all those boxes of Kleenexes in the trunk for when the one in the back ran out. She was actually uh, the Claremont neighborhood's Kleenex dealer, which is, <laughs> it's, that's a whole different... Yeah, that's my story that I'm... That's yours. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Look at it. And there's My a Pinto. flood. What's that? And there's a flood because he probably hit a fire hydrant. That's, he hit lots of fire hydrants, Whoa. apparently. Holy apparently. Shit. Oh, my God. Um, and you know what else he did what? is he took down some power lines and some, some utility poles. So uh, 5,100 San Diegans were left with no power. Um, so everybody else was loved. They're like, look at this live fucking low speed chase on the news. You have to come and watch this. And like, then I can't because like, gathered around it. Yeah. For me. I can't watch it and I'm cold. <laughs> um, it's only going to take me about 20 minutes to find my spot on this piece of paper again. <laughs> um, 
the tank had a fuel range of 300 miles, but it could only go 30 miles an hour. Oh, what a bummer. So now San Diego Police, San Diego County Sheriff's Department, Highway Patrol, and the military police are all involved in what is arguably the slowest high-speed chase in American history. (laughs) We have that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look at the military men. Oh, that's just a pity. That's just a shame. You know what? That's okay. a waste. It's a waste. It's a waste. What kind I of... I don't like uh, it. This is not my America. <laughs> you know what? I think we should put locks on these gates. I really do. I do. And I'm going to bring it up at the next meeting. I think it's important. Okay, here's Whoa. the ice. Here's this. Remember this shit? I mean... Wow. Yeah. Okay. What are each of those cops listening to? What? What are each of those cops listening to? Tony Robbins' books on tape. (laughs) Just about being positive and staying positive. And they get on their walkie-talkies and they all press play at the same time because they want to be at the same part with each other. (laughs) Ready? One. We're going to press play. On three. Wait, on three or after? Do we press it when it goes three or one, two, three, then press it? Yeah, then hit. Like, we don't... Never know. You gotta be clear. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me more. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So rusty. What? Was it always this hard to turn pages? (laughs) Okay. Um, He went. Okay, before he got to the freeway. um, So he's driving around, as I've said, Claremont. Then he goes north on Convoy Street, west... You guys you love it. You might want to hold for all these streets. You can absolutely <laughs> individually cheer for every fucking street if you want to. But I'm going to name a couple. He goes north on Convoy. He goes west on to Balboa. Okay. Uh, God, right? They love that one. Balboa is amazing. They love that one. Zang. Ah. <sighs> okay. I just love the asphalt on it. It's <laughs> so smooth. There's that one Starbucks drive through there's never a line. We have to go there tomorrow. <laughs> then he gets on the 805 South. <laughs> Do you know that on one, in one of our live shows, we made jokes, or maybe on the just regular podcast, we made jokes about what freeway are you? Someone asked us that in a, in a Q&A episode. Okay. What freeway would you be? And we answered it totally fucking earnestly for some reason, because it's like a great question. And we're like, ooh, that's interesting. Then at a live show at the last tour, these lovely women, of course, we don't know their names or can't describe them in any way, but still, <laughs> there's, gra- there's so much gratitude there. Um, they give us these lovely boxes. We open them. They're little pen with little freeway signs of the freeways we said we were. And I almost cried. I go, did you make this for us? And the girl goes, oh, no, no, somebody makes this. <laughs> so she's like, don't be gross. I don't like no. you that much. I like shopping for people. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was amazing. So, so go get your 805 pen. Someone, get the, someone be the 805. Yeah. It's, it's somebody nice and wide, thick. <laughs> Fine, I'll do it. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good with it. Okay, so while he's driving down this freeway, (laughs) he tries to take out a pedestrian bridge. With now, listen, it sounds maybe crazy, but then if you're on drugs and you're in a tank and you're doing it anyway, when you drive up on some shit, you're probably like, well, let's just see if I can knock this down before 
this ends terribly. Yeah. Um, he rams it a couple times. Nothing happens, so he keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. He merges onto Route One Sixty Three South. Uh huh. You guys love your freeways. They, yeah. <laughs> well, that one is especially amazing because of all the trees that hang over. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Is that true? I just made it up. The people who have never listened to this podcast, more so than the actual murder part, are like, why are people fucking cheering? <laughs> Usually they're like, why are they cheering for murderers? We're like, they're not cheering for murderers. But then they're like, why are they cheering for fucking freeways? It's the best. There's something about it. We were like, I have to sit on this piece of shit every day. <laughs> now if somebody's talking about it, I'm going to be like, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. That's my freeway that makes me suffer every goddamn day. Okay, anyhow. Almost done. <laughs> so they, when he merges onto that street, officials close the freeway. So now everybody on this fucking, what looks like a 24-lane freeway is yeah. stuck, stopped. Yeah. And they're just stopped on the freeway. Yeah. And that's ha- that basically happens all over San Diego because Whoa. of this. So... Oh, and then I wrote, and when they find out why, they're into it. Because wouldn't you, <laughs> yeah. if somebody's like, oh, all this traffic stopped, and you're like trying to find out what why on the radio. Yeah. yeah, who the fuck did whatever? Making me turn off my Tony Robbins fucking right. snap. Yeah. And then someone's like, someone's driving a tank all over the place. <laughs> You'd be like, yes, I hope he drives it over here. Wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Drive it by my house. Yeah. 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 There's also, uh, on the dollop, there's a, uh, they mentioned Dave watched a video of a guy who watched the tank go by. They had live, they had the audio of the guy talking about it, and he said, he goes, that little guy went by, his head was sticking out, he was smiling, having a great time. No. <laughs> yep. So there is maybe the, a little light in the end of the tunnel in this story. It's not called meth, that's for sure. <laughs> There's a light at the... Oh, no, that's more meth. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the police, they're like, we have to stop this because obviously there's fucking mayhem and insanity and fire hydrants shooting to this. It's also a little embarrassing for the department. Very embarrassing for the uh, military industrial complex. Sure. They're not liking it that much. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... They start trying to plan, the, the police and law enforcement start trying to plan with the Marine Corps at Camp Pendleton how they're going to stop the tank. And, right? <laughs> Go, P- Pendleton, the fighting. Oh, God, just do it. Um, uh, fighting. Uh, Don't overthink cl- it. Cl- cl- uh, yep, you've got this. <laughs> Is it because I'm talking the whole time? It up. I screwed it up. All I got is kitchen cabinets. <laughs> Love Can we it. do it? Yes. Great. Because if a, ki- a kitchen cabinet came running at you on a football field, you're fucked. Yeah. Go, fucked. go. An, an anthropomorphized, is that right? Kitchen yes. cabinet? That's right. Being like, what's up? We're going to beat you. You're like, I'm all elbows. <laughs> slivers, slivers, slivers. Okay. Sliver. Oh. We're talking about Camp Pendleton like it's a college. And we know that that's incorrect. We know that. Yeah. My brother went there to that college. Did he? <laughs> Did he go to Camp Pendleton College? Uh-huh. For the Marines, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. I would never, I would never joke about such a thing. 
please never joke about anything like that. Okay, so basically they're talking to the Marines. They're like, who can stop a tank? Anybody? And the Marines are like, listen, we've got a Cobra attack helicopter that we're willing to bring in. Fuck. And guess what? We have it here because we put a lock on the gate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They just like wanted to rub it in a little. You've noticed you've never heard of any uh, civilian driving our Cobra attack helicopter around, right? <laughs> There's a simple reason. Yeah. It's called a... <laughs> it's called being good at stuff. <laughs> so right as they're planning this, which just imagine that, then you're watching the news and then a fucking attack helicopter, which I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I just Like any helicopter could be an attack helicopter, really. Is it one of those ones that just tilts forward really intimidatingly the whole time? And I fucking... think that's a video game. Oh. I don't know. I don't either. I didn't go to Camp Pendleton. <laughs> we better... We need to go this summer to Camp Pendleton and just yes. fucking do some arts and crafts. <laughs> Stop it. Please don't tell the Marines we said this. <laughs> We're fucked. We're fucked. Okay. Right as they're about to send the Cobra attack helicopter, which I'm not only going to look up on Wikipedia tomorrow, but I might get a model of it and make it. Yes. Um... That's when Sean Nelson decides he's going to cross the freeway divider Mm-mm. on the freeway okay. to like, basically make a big old U-turn. <laughs> he's going to flip a, a tank bitch um, <laughs> on the freeway yeah. into a, a oncoming traffic, but he gets stuck on the divider. No, that's the one thing that he can't... <laughs> that's the one thing that ta- tanks can't handle is like, about three feet of cement... <laughs> kind of shaped like the Atari logo. <laughs> I can't... Uh-uh. Tank's like, no. They're like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Okay. Um, so he gets basically caught onto it. Okay. And he's stuck there, and he's just trying to get off. So all those police cars pull up, pull around, and a couple cops get up on top. Um, they get the tank open, <gasps> and an officer tells Sean Nelson take your hands off the controls and we're getting you out of this tank. Okay. And he does not take his hands off the controls and he looks up at the cop and the cop said he's just dead eyed Mm. and then went back to trying to get the tank off of the divider. Oh my God. That cop shoots down into the tank. What? Shoots him in the shoulder and that bullet goes through and (gasps) pierces his heart. Holy shit. Yes. Awful. Um, So they pull... Nelson out of the tank um, and he is rushed from the scene. Uh, he later dies at Sharp Memorial Hospital at the age of 44. Wow. Yeah. I did not know it was ending that way. Uh, right? We were having so much fun. I know. I told you though, remember the, the roller coaster metaphor I used? Yes. That and was why. I should have listened to the name of this podcast. <laughs> you should listen to this podcast. I should. It's really negative. <laughs> The only local news station that aired uh, that moment was KGTV Channel 10. Oh, they're always doing shit like that. I'd hold on the cheering for one second. <laughs> uh, they, they continued to shoot as, or, you know, to look with a camera mm-hmm. as um, Nelson's body <gasps> is pulled out of the tank. And that's how Sean Nelson's brother, Scott, oh. found out that his brother was driving the tank and was now shot. 
and didn't critically even know wounded. Just, they didn't know who it was before that. Right. Oh. It was just a, I mean, just a fucking, a fucking dude in a tank. Nameless, faceless tank. It's a tank. Shit. Um, so even though he ran over 40 cars, downed power lines, caused power outages, and traffic jams around the city, miraculously, the only person hurt or killed during the tank rampage was Sean Nelson. <clears throat> yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, the state of California ended up paying the bill for all of that fun. Uh, oh, of course. My, he got yeah. the, la- who, the last laugh. Was the la- who has the, yeah. the last laugh? Yeah. He got it. <laughs> who has the last laugh, Georgia asks. Those with a tank. That's right. <laughs> Uh, it amounted to $150,000 in 90s money. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. And now all military tanks in the state, uh, oh, after that, all military tanks in the state were relocated to Camp Roberts in San Luis Obispo and Fort Irwin in Barstow. Yeah. Keep them safe there. Those San Luis Obispo folks yeah. won't do that. Yeah. It turns out San Diego lost their tank privileges after that. <laughs> wasn't cool um and in closing sean nelson's brother scott said my brother was a good man he'd help anybody he just couldn't help himself do not do crystal meth (laughs) i'm not kidding and that is the san diego tank rampage of 1995 Oh, that's it on the medians. Yeah. Oh, I see how it got stuck. That's him getting taken away. Okay. Horrible. Well, how the fuck am I going to follow that? I'm sorry. (laughs) Shit. Blame the National Guard. (laughs) I didn't fucking do it. That was amazing. Thank you. Great job. Mm. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye um all right i'm gonna tell you karen okay uh, and you may have seen this on an episode of Forensic Files Ooh. that was called, um, this episode was called Hand Delivered, which you'll find out why in a minute. This is the murder of Don Harden. You'll see. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's really it supportive. It doesn't That's sound nice. as good. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. 
It doesn't have the word tank in there. How the fuck am I supposed to compete with that? With the you're word not, tank. You're not supposed to. I'm not competing. We're now in a different individual reality. Okay. Here we are. Well, we're still in the fucking 90s. April 1994. Can't get away from the fucking 90s. This tank thing's about to happen. Really? No. And Same me, bad things? You know. This is and uh, these workers at the San Diego Fiber Corporation, they're uh, sifting through some cardboard in a recycling bin, breaking shit down. You know how they have to do. Are you the kind of person who puts a cardboard box in the recycler without breaking it down? Yes. Me too. I mean, uh, I don't carry an X-Acto knife yeah. in my fucking pocket. Dude. Sorry, I'm not the janitor. <laughs> the shame I get from Vince when I'm just like, well, just throw it in. Who cares? Just kind of smash it with your yeah. hand. I'm going to put other stuff inside of it. Okay. We'll get it next week. Yeah. Unfortunately, these fucking dudes are doing the cardboard shit, and they happen upon a gruesome discovery Two dismembered human hands. Oh, or no. Or a pair of them. Two matching hands. A righty and a lefty? Yes, of the same person. Right. But there's no person. Uh, and like fucking Forensic Files hand-delivered episode. <laughs> now you get it. Why they're so clever. Thanks, Dad. <sighs> good, uh, good pun, Dad. Good pun, Dad. They show the fucking hands. Mm-mm. I swear to God, they're just like, here they are. And I'm like... I can't. What if I showed you these? No. <laughs> no. It's insane. I wouldn't. <laughs> you can look yourself yeah. later. It's terrible. It's fucking hands. Well, it's al- crazy. Also, like, you're working at the recycling plant. I bet you they're on, like, just pins and needles constantly because they're like, this is where something awful is going to show up. Oh, this is, yeah. You know what I mean? They're just like, every single thing. It's just like, it's, hey, dude, it's just a Pepsi bottle. Oh, my God. What is it? <laughs> That's what I would be They're like. They're scaredy cats over there. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the hands are brought to the fucking lab, you know. Uh, now, can I ask an inappropriate question? Always. Since we don't know who we're talking about and we're still in the early. Okay. Do you think people carried the hands like this? Handshake style? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, my brain showed me a picture and then I said the words about the picture. <laughs> Sorry. That's the name of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> you know someone did that. Um, there, there's an x-ray. No, it's good. Get, come back here. Okay, okay. <laughs> no shame here. It was totally between in the shame corner. Just between friends. Okay. There's no shame here. Yeah, we're all good. Okay. Put, take your binoculars out. <laughs> um, this is the portion where you... Okay. So they x-ray the hands to see... I don't know. Uh, and they show that the joints, there's degenerative da- damage in the joints, which is consistent with someone over 60. And they're like, oh, these look like dude hands. They're dude's hands. So it's right. a guy over 60. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Unless, I mean, unless you're a piano player. Oh, really? Do ladies piano playing hands? You know, and they always like lotion up and wear gloves and stuff. Mm, no, no. Based on these fucking hands that they just show you on Forensic Files, <laughs> they're like clearly an older man's hand. Okay. The size of the uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the right there's one distinctive fe- fe- feature which they're hoping will identify eventually the person there's a thumbnail missing like permanently or Ugh. whatever I know detectives check local hospitals and morgues they're like does anyone not have their hands and uh, <laughs> quick question yeah. and then I'll let you go to lunch <laughs> um. yeah and there isn't any meanwhile and. This is related, maybe. Meanwhile, across town, a woman named Mary and a woman named Terry, sisters. I just, uh, yeah. Um, It's not their fault, it's their mom's fault. (laughs) 
they're beginning to worry because they haven't seen their father in over a week. <sighs> right. His name's Don Harden, and they call everyone. No one's heard from him. They're like, where the fuck is he? Uh, on April 6th, they hire a locksmith to get inside his house. They, his cane is still there. His prescription medication is all there. He's not there. Um, and they, there's like a TV guide open on March 28th, which makes them think that that was the last time he was home. Oh, I know. TV Guide is so, used to be such a like thing. Like I know it's open to the TV Guide. Yeah, like people would keep it there and yeah. just be like, "What is on tonight?" Like that was yeah. before anybody would tell you anything before the information age <laughs> when it was up to you to find out what the fuck was going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Um, <laughs> his TV VCR and microwave are all missing. I hope that was one machine. TV VCR <laughs> microwave. Wouldn't that be... Why haven't they made that? And that TV guide was about everything, where it's like, put in popcorn now. Oh, <laughs> good idea. The commercial break, brush your teeth. Um, and now, diagnosis murder. <laughs> so, and also, Don Harden's pickup truck is gone, and so the sisters uh, file a missing persons report. Let me show you his picture. He was an old Navy man. He wow. used to be the Navy. Yeah. He was a beard visionary. He knew what was coming. <laughs> In the future, beard, right. the beard trend. He knew. He was totally from Brooklyn. So that's, <laughs> that's Don. Um, retired, widowed, moved to San Diego to be closer to, his, to Mary and Terry. And, okay, so while they filed the missing persons report, police hear that this guy Don is missing a thumbnail on his hand. And so they know immediately that the, and then the fingerprint analysis and the hands are those of I'd lied about his age. He's 74. Oh, okay. Um, he's a retired Navy pilot, and they search his home and find evidence of robbery, but no signs of forced entry. They look out, you know, for stolen items at pawn shops and shit, but the only thing that's found is his wallet, driver's license, and some army medals in a dumpster, which is crazy that they were even found, right? Yeah. Um, in the kitchen, it's obvious to detectives that there's been a cleanup, and then... Uh, as well as a trail of blood from the kitchen to the living room. They do the luminol shit, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the shower curtain's missing. Always a bad sign. And they find uh, blood stains, etc. They do the luminol, and large pools of blood in both the kitchen and the bathroom are found. One of the investigators said it was the most luminol he's ever seen light up in his life. Ugh. And he said it glowed like a Christmas tree. So. so the worst Christmas tree ever. <laughs> It's so funny, too, like, as you say the word luminal, it's like you can track how, like, crime scene investigation has developed, because before the DNA thing, it was all about that luminal. It was like, that's all... Every Forensic Files episode. Every Forensic Files, there was a moment where there's, like, the B-roll footage of, like, a light going off and everything turning horribly blue. I wonder if uh, they still even use it. I'll make some calls. Okay, thank you. Okay. (laughs) DNA test show DNA test from 94 which I'm sure were great show uh, that the blood is Don Hardin's and the amount of blood the forensic pathologist is like he didn't this is he died for sure Uh, and then they were like also he was dismembered in the bathtub 
They stun the blood. I know. It sucks. So police tell the Hardin's daughters, and they're completely in fucking shock because they don't know anyone who would want to kill their dad. He's like a lovely man to that, you know, a kind man. Um, and one of, and as evidence to this, he always aided homeless people. And one of the ways he did that was hiring them to do odd jobs around his property. And he would let them uh, live in a camper in his backyard as well. Mm. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but neighbors all, well, let's see. Da, 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 ba, 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 ba. Okay, hold on. Okay. And the daughters were like kind of glad that someone was there with him so they could keep an eye on him in case of emergency. He's an older man. He uses a cane. Um, and in, on March 28th, the day that the TV guide was open to, in 94, Don is last seen by neighbors driving his truck. And one of those homeless men is a passenger in that truck. His name's Dale Whitmer. He's a 41-year-old drifter who police... He has a record for vacancy and intoxication, but no history of violence. And they see him later in the truck, and Don isn't there. And, da, 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 and he, they see him backing up close to Harden's house and putting shit in the truck mm-hmm. and laitering the days. So... They pick him up for questioning. He denies knowledge of Don's whereabouts, doesn't know what happened to him. He says he loaned him the pickup truck, but hadn't seen him since. And uh, says that he had worked for Don Harden on and off for years, and he thought of the old man almost like a father figure. But friends and neighbors are like, no, he fucking doesn't, because <laughs> he was talking shit all over town about Don Harden. And um, he said he would that Don had a bad temper, and he was um, always calling him names and poking at him and like yelling at him he says because oh. he was like working around his house that's was that was his side of the story um so he, so they ask him to do a polygraph test he's like nopes out of there and he's obviously the lead suspect but they only had circumstantial evidence there's no other you know body parts to be tested so th- there's no other leads and the uh, case goes cold and then a year later Police receive an anonymous letter. Oh, wait, I have a photo of um, Dale Whitmer. Oh. Patrick fucking Swayze. Oh. His evil twin brother. Yes, this was before The Outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I, we've said it a thousand times, but you do, transition lenses, it is <laughs> 17 red flags in a row. Yeah. You don't, what, your convenience of having sunglasses indoors. <laughs> Uh, to intentionally creep people out so they can't watch your pupils as they narrow and as you find your prey. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. Absolutely not. We're against them. So, okay, a year later, they receive an anonymous letter. And in the letter, it details the... Uh, murder of Don Harden and then it's a bunch of shit that hadn't been released to the public. However, then they were like, like for the fact that he was dismembered in the bathtub and it's like, well, where the fuck else would he? You could have guessed that pretty easily, <laughs> Yes, right? that's true. Like, I don't know. Uh, but it, they knew that and so they, they, the cops thought it was legit and the writer was like, I, I know all this info. My friend, let's call him Bob, he was the, he's the one who, who knows that uh, who the killer is because he told him about it and it's Dale Whitmer. So um, da, 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 da. he said he killed him because Dale hated Don Harden and uh, he and he was a heroin addict so it was also he you know wanted to pawn his shit and um, he claims that he put the body into the bathtub, dismembered it and then put it in garbage bags bearing different bags all over the county and in Mexico. Wow. Yeah and the fucking yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly. So the letter goes on to say that this person, Bob, who had told this letter writer about it, won't come forward to testify against Dale. He doesn't uh, want to tell anyone about it. And the letter writer says, quote, I asked him to contact you directly, but he didn't feel like he could do it. Bob is convinced that Dale will know Bob is the source of the information and may try to silence him or hurt him in some way. So this fucking person doesn't even want to talk about it. And uh, it's clear to the police that the person who wrote the letter does want to help, though. So they're like, let's find this person who wants to be anonymous. Great. <laughs> so here's... Luminol. <laughs> no. Let's put Luminol on everything right now. So the Forensic Document Office in San Diego Police Department, they analyzed the letter. And so here's the thing. This is a mistake that you, shouldn't, that you won't make in the future, I guess, when you're committing a crime uh, or writing an anonymous letter. He doesn't put a... The person who sent it doesn't put a stamp on it. He puts it through the office uh, automatic... You know, the stamp yeah. machine. Sure. He does that. That's a mistake because it go, the postal meter, the um, it prints a number on the envelope on, with the stamp of the number of the serial number of the meter. But the guy person who wrote the letter was like, "I'm I'm smarter than this. I'm not going to give them that number." And he uses just whiteout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he went out of his way to conceal that number. He knew it. You know what it would do. But he didn't cut it teeny tiny scissors and get rid of it. He used, <laughs> he used white out. He used a thing that never worked yeah. and shouldn't have been invented because <laughs> I can't tell you how many book reports uh, uh, the piece of binder paper weighed three pounds because I fucked up so many yeah. words. And it's just big clumps of like weird white with, paste. With like torn... Ugh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Which is like also so pure at heart. This person was like, I really want to talk about this murder. I don't think it's right. I'm going to, you know, he's just like clearly is. <laughs> let me get my school supplies and see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, obviously the forensic document experts were like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is a, this is, I could do this in my sleep, bro. But it's an episode of Forensic Files, so they need to make it long. And so uh, they, look, letter, they look for trace evidence, latent evidence, and da 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 And then they eventually uh, just turn the envelope, envelope over, <laughs> cut it in half. Hold it up to the sun. <laughs> yeah, and use like what essentially sounds like a, like a fucking blacklight, like, or a fucking, what are those, lava lamps? Uh, <laughs> It's that easy. You dip it into the top of a lava lamp. Yeah, yeah, and it comes out. Yeah. And they find the serial number. When they, and it turns out the serial number of the, it reveals the state, the city, the street name, and the office address of the postal <laughs> meter. Like, it couldn't be more. <laughs> Hobbies, horoscopes, every <laughs> single thing. That's right. It's a business located in La Mesa, California. Uh, the owner of the company is a dude named Mark Davis, and he's a, bishop at the Mormon church so the cops walk in and he's like fuck <laughs> I'm never trusting white out again <laughs> uh, and he's like look uh, the source of the information because he was the writer because someone had told him about it right yeah yeah so he was like here's he's like first of all I'm wearing secret underwear <laughs> secondly let me just get this off my chest. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a strange garment. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> and I hate white out. Um, but, 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 so he's like, here's the thing. The, the person who told me about it is a member of my church, so I have, you know, 
privilege, whatever. Church privileges. Church privileges. <laughs> so I don't, have to, I don't have to tell you anything. Na, 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 na. Right. It's quoted. <laughs> um, and the cops are like, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking take you to court. And we're going to, God's going to be like, those aren't your privileges anymore. <laughs> and they do. And God is like, or the judge is like... Yeah, you can tell us. And the reason they, the judge rules against him and says that the the privilege was already broken when Dave, when this guy Davis wrote the letter to the police. Ooh, that's true. But it's almost like, well, you broke it already. You might as well fucking spill. It's like yeah. kind of okay, you know. Oh, I'm on the judge's side. Okay, well, so is everyone else. I am too. Like, I want <laughs> tell it to these people. <laughs> we don't want it to be solved. So they're like, dude, just tell us everything. And, and so Mark Davis, the uh, Mormon church bishop, was like, shit. Okay, the person who told me is about Dale Whitmer being the fucking murderer is... <gasps> Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> when he appeared to the Cowboys in Arizona. That's right. One of those ones? It's, it's Dale's fucking daughter. What? His own daughter, Andrea who was Bob, who told the bishop. About who, yeah. the other guy. Yes. Like, guy, yeah. my dad's the one who did it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, she, apparently he told her everything, and she fucking told her bishop, thinking it was privileged. Oh. The bishop was like, I can't keep this, and told. So, on October 29th, 1996, Dale Whitmer is charged with Don Harden's murder. He pleads not guilty, but the star witness against him is his own fucking daughter, who finds she's like, this is really hard. I don't want to, like, uh, I have to tell the truth on the stand because, you know, I, I, I'm swearing to God and shit. Um, but I don't want to betray my dad that he's a murderer. So, uh, so she fucking spills the beans. Yeah. Oh, I think I have a photo of her. Oh, she's like, this sucks. Uh, is that her in court? Yeah. She's like, Jesus. Literally. Uh, she, awful. Secret undergarments. So, um, so they, prosecutors theorize that Whitmer disposed of the body parts in numerous dumpsters. I already said that. To this fucking day, the only thing that's ever been found was the hands. Really? Yeah. How crazy is that? Cr- it just awful. makes you wonder what's in landfills and shit. Well... We're, that's why we're going to go to one tonight. Everybody? Do it. After party. <clears throat> I was thinking we should go and open all the cages at SeaWorld and let all the animals out. <laughs> You're free. <laughs> why aren't you leaving? All those fish cages. <laughs> You're free. Come on. Come on. Come on. Why are you sitting there? They're like, we've only ever lived here. We yeah. don't. Please don't make us go out there. <laughs> We don't know how to catch fish unless someone throws it from a bucket. Please, oh. someone train us. <laughs> they want to be there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's like your Aunt Diane's response. They love it there. Oh, my God. We went and that orca was smiling. No, <laughs> no. You just have vacation guilt. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the jury, of course, finds Dale Whitmore guilty of second-degree murder, and is sentenced, he's sentenced to 15 years to life in prison with the eligi- eligibility of parole in just 10 sweet years. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
he and so he has petitioned for parole, but is denied every time. Thankfully, the parole board is like uh, cites the fact that he hasn't taken part in any rehab program, or he's and he's not working to better himself behind bars. Um, and he let's see, he doesn't show any remorse, and he's considered a risk to the public. So he hasn't been paroled. Good. Um, yes. Hey, something to clap for. <laughs> After the trial, Don's... Oh, wait, let me show you this one. That's him looking like Patrick Swayze again. Doesn't he? Uh-huh. With, like, yellow hair. Everything's beige. <laughs> he and goes and he tans his face, sunglasses, and hair. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after the trial, Don Harden's hands are cremated and his ashes are buried by the U.S. Navy at sea off the coast of California. His daughters uh, feel closure after their father has his proper, proper burial at sea because it was one of his final wishes that they were able to carry out. Oh, nice. That is the murder of Don Harden, a.k.a. hand-delivered. Hand-delivered. Hand. It's... So especially awful. It's like we talk about things where it's random crime. We talk about things where it's like in the horrible in the family crime. But this is a person who got murdered because he was helping somebody. Right. And that's fucking awful. Never help people. <laughs> if you leave here with anything tonight, uh huh, is keep your all your money in your pocket. And also leave here with those binoculars. <laughs> Stick them in your purse. I dare you. The messages steal the binoculars, everybody. We don't know why. We wish we did. <laughs> the fucking theater, like, charges us for all that. They're like, they told them to steal the binoculars. Comes they out gave of our... permission from the stage. Yeah. Do we have yeah. time for a hometown? It's time. Oh. Oh, my oh God. My God. Sitting down for so this. long. Everybody. What's up? Yeah. Tour manager, husband, extraordinaire. Uh, you got us off that overpass. I'm uh, in a legal contract with the lady in the lobby. I got to get those <laughs> binoculars back. Oh, did you take them now? Yeah. Okay. Stage or not, it's uh, they don't fuck around with the binoculars in this okay. place. So. I've got some cash Make in sure my I purse. Make sure I get them back. I'm going to be right over there. So. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Vince, everybody. Vince. April, holding it down. Making it happen for us. That's right. Um, hey, okay. I think it's important to state that this is the first fucking hometown of 2019. Yes. Of the so tour. Let's, let's run down. I won't do the same rules I always do. Most people know them. Uh, this is that we forgot to say our thing in the beginning. There are definitely some people in this room who A, got brought by another person, have no idea what's going on, and still don't to this moment. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Thank you for not leaving. Thank you for giving us the benefit of the doubt. Uh, thanks for just having that weird smile on your face and rolling your eyes. Yeah, we yeah. can't see you. It's perfect. Um, we, one of our last shows last year, there was, um, we found this out afterwards when we met some people in the meet and greet line. Remember this? Mm-mm. There were, um, I can't remember what city we were in. Maybe it was Austin. And there were some older ladies who <gasps> oh came to the show God. because they thought it was murder mystery theater i forgot all about that yes how have we not talked about that on the podcast i know we have to we'll have to put that on our you list but the first to know. so these girls that sat next to these ladies said that in the beginning they're like what what's this they thought it was going to be like a an interactive play <laughs> and 
meanwhile, we're like, fuck shit and also fuck. Yeah. And they left. No, like, they did they not didn't? leave. Oh, good. No. All right. That was a, there was a different show where people got up and stormed out because they were season ticket holders. <laughs> and they thought it was Fan of the Opera Part 2. Yes, yes. I'm not kidding. I'm not fucking kidding. Because of, our, because of the picture, the poster, I guess? poster. Were we yeah. all serious? Because I'll only show half of my face. <laughs> it makes you look serious and mysterious. They and... thought it was the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. It's nothing better than those audience stories that <laughs> we get after. Okay, so anyway. The point is. What we're trying to say is this is a part where uh, Georgia will pick somebody out of the audience to come up and tell everybody their hometown story. Please keep in mind um, that this is a humongous theater. The lights are going to be up and it's going to be very nerve wracking. So it'll be great if you're not drunk or on meth. <laughs> um, it's better, or you can be a little drunk, but you have to be able to follow your own story. And um, it has to be local, or everyone will reject you socially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good if it's a little bit uh, maybe weird or uplifting, or there's some kind of up part. A That's pop. nice. Pop at the end. Uh, yeah, a little pop, as Georgia likes to say. Um, and then just remember that if you get picked, everyone else hates you, so hurry the fuck up. All right, now, if we could have the house lights up just for a second so Georgia can pick the first hometown. Thank you. I don't... Oh, I hate doing this so much. You... Shaking your... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That was fast. Sorry. Holy shit. Hey, get your binoculars out while she's on her way up. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at your... Oh, she's got a midriff shirt on. She fucking parties. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> you can bring those house, so thank you. Yeah. You know. Thank you. The light person <clears throat> is on point. Oh, hi. Hi. How are you? Oh my god. Look What's at your name? outfit. Delaney. Delaney. This hi, is Delaney, Del- everybody. Say hello to her. Yes. I love your outfit. Yes. She wore her show clothes. So imagine th- this material, but in tight pants is oh, what I had, is what I, I wore. I've been sweating so much under this tonight. It's crazy. You sweat a lot in vinyl. It's all plastic. That's right. I mean, yeah. It doesn't breathe. Um, it doesn't where breathe. are you from, Delaney? I am from San Diego. I live out in Alpine, which is way east. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the Petaluma, maybe, of San Diego. Kind of like everybody has like farm animals and... <laughs> Like, my neighbors have donkeys, and it's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so my hometown murder. <laughs> so, um, I just my- iced Delaney on the Petaluma <laughs> parallel. It's just like, mm, we'll see. We'll see. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, and what's your hometown? But you just stared. So, um, <laughs> that was a serious power move on my part. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Mine is the murder of Danielle Van Damme. Oh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So um, she was murdered in about, I think it was 2002. And she was just about the same age as I was when it happened, which was about six, seven years old. And I was so terrified that I slept on my parents' floor of their bedroom for about five years. Wow, yeah. <laughs> years, really? Uh, it was a couple of years. They called somebody and they were like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> like ba- I mean, it's bad. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. Um, so they at so, least put like a cot down or something? I slept in a sleeping bag for a couple, for a while. Yeah. yeah. It was that's awful. Well, that's a, very, that's a very young age <laughs> yeah. to like realize something like that happened. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. 
So um, she was, um, she lived and was abducted in Poway area. Um, but she was found, her body a month later was found on Dehisa Road, which is near Alpine. It's very like uh, rural. rural. Yeah. 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 Um, so what happened was, um, it was early February 2002. She was, her husband was, or the husband was home, the dad, and um, tucked in Danielle and her brothers. And the mom was out at a local bar, um, and they were kind of known as being more like drinking parents. I ever know this one. You know it? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, the mom got home, like, around when the bar closed with a couple friends around 2 a.m., and she noticed, um, I think it was her garage, like, side door was open, and the alarm, their security alarm was off. And so, she kind of, like, blew it off, like, it was nothing, hung out with her friends for a little bit, and then went to bed with her family. And then a little bit later, the husband woke up, I think, to the alarm off again. And I believe it was a sighting glass door that was open. So, again, kind of blew it off like it was nothing, went back to bed. And about 9.30 the next morning, they woke all their kids up. You know, Danielle was missing. (sighs) Nothing wasn't anywhere. So they called the cops immediately. And I believe at the time, it was the biggest search Effort in all of California history wow. for search teams. Wow. Um, and so it was a whole month that she was missing. They did not find anything. Mm-hmm. And it was David Westerfield, her next door neighbor, I believe two doors down, had abducted her in the middle of the night, taken her in his RV, and then went out to Silver Strand State Beach, um, where you can beach camp over in Coronado. Um, and then out after that, I don't know how long he was there, but it was about a month total. Um, he went out to Glamis out in the desert after. And I, there's even videos you can find online of, um, he got stuck and had to get like pulled out by okay. people. <laughs> um, so when they found her, um, it was at the end of February. So it was just about a month and it was really rural area and they did not, they could not confirm her cause of death or whether he, she was sexually assaulted. And he, they found, the police found a ton of, um, child pornography all over his computers yeah. and everything. So you can assume, but, um, yeah, they weren't able to find anything. And at the time they built a huge, um, it was a pink staircase, I believe. Um, that was her memorial on Dehisa. And I remember my brothers were taking, um, right across the street was a, um, a golf course, and they were taking golf lessons. So at the time, I drove there every day, dropping them off at golf lessons, oh, and I was super terrified. And saw, it, saw it all the time. Did yeah, the guy yeah. get arrested was, and shit? Yeah, he's, um, I believe, in San Quentin. And okay. um, I don't know if he got the death penalty or not. I can't remember, but I know he's at least there for life, oh, um, if not the death penalty. Okay. Say her name again. Danielle. Delaney. No, 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 the girls. Oh, Danielle Van Dam. Danielle yeah. Van Dam. And there's okay. a memorial overpass in El Cajon for her, so you'll probably see her name nice. you guys drive down there. Okay. That's great, Delaney. This thank so you so sad. much. Great job. Thank you, you guys, give it up for her. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oi. It's like shit you find out when you're a little kid that's just like, oh, this is real life. I feel like most of us murderinos, that's what happened. Yes, exactly. Also, it's extra creepy, like being five or six when Delaney was. And then it's like, oh, a neighbor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it's all, it, you have, you live in that world where you're like, oh, the neighbor, everybody's friends. Yeah. And we all, they all, everybody it's protects be some each monster other. monster who did it. Yeah. It's your fucking neighbor. Two doors down. That's fucking horrible. That's why we're here. Um, well, wow. That's how we like to wrap things up. <laughs> Awful memories. 
awful local memories. Yeah. Let's uh, all remember, you know, the gold. <laughs> yeah, the that's right. That's Thank you guys point. for fucking being at our first show of the fucking year. It was that was that was an amazing kickoff. Um, Thank you. I mean, I don't know. This is uh, this has been a, such an incredible experience. We um, have such a we have such a good time. Well, not when you do that, but <laughs> we have such a good time. The fact that we get to come out here, come to these shows, you guys bring so much energy and positivity and excitement, and then we get to talk about this thing we're fascinated by that's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very freeing. It's also very, it's kind of very life-affirming in a weird way. Yeah. Um, it's like saying, these are the things, these are my biggest fears, yeah. and everybody else going, yeah, those are mine too. And we get to laugh about it, we get to do things the way we want to do them, and we don't have to give a shit about who's judging us because we're all together, and that's an amazing feeling for us, and we're glad that it's an amazing feeling for uh, and we just can't believe we keep getting to do this. The start, of, like we keep waiting for you know, the, not to sell out anymore yeah, yeah. and not tour because they're over it. Yeah, but you guys are here. It's the beginning of a fucking big tour. Thank you so much again for supporting us. Yeah, this you're insane. You're here. We're here. It's yeah. very fun, and yeah. we thank you so thank so much. You so much. Do us a favor. Stay sexy and. Thanks, San Diego.